Friends, this Advent, we are meeting different characters each week in the Advent story. As we wait and watch, prepare, and anticipate each week, it's like we are peeling back another layer, and more is revealed. Last week, the scripture from Mark showed us, then they will see the doorkeeper on watch. Today, it is, then they will see the one crying out. So I invite you to hear God's word to you today, as it is written in Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The sermon today is called, The One Calling Out. The other night for dinner, my family and I had what I called a bean salad. It was a colorful complement to the main dish full of simple ingredients, black beans and pinto beans with red bell pepper, corn, red onion, tomato, avocado, cilantro, and lime. As we were eating, my husband James and I were talking about how all of this food landed on our plate. Sure, we bought the ingredients and prepared the dish in our kitchen, but with so many different ingredients in one dish, we wondered how many people were really part of the process to harvest all of the food. How many people helped package and deliver it so that we could then prepare the dish and bring it to our dinner table. There were three of us eating, but there were easily dozens of people who had touched this food before we did, dozens and dozens of people who had been part of the process of preparing this food. Even in a pandemic, I am reminded how we are connected so intimately to other people. We may not see it as much when we can't reach across the pew to squeeze our neighbor's hand. But if we have heat in our homes and internet service, running water and food, and if the lights are on, we are connected to all of the people who work to make these things a reality. 
Most of us rely on other people to make our homes run, to make them safe and hospitable places to live and work. Even Jesus didn't work alone. In his full humanity, Jesus was dependent on others to live and to teach. In his full divinity, Jesus was intimately connected to the creator of the universe and to the prophets and others who had come before him. Before the earthly ministry of Jesus could begin, before Jesus could more fully enter the world, John the baptizer was called to serve as a messenger and to help prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. This was the beginning of the good news, but it came with a punch. Part of this preparation was repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John fulfilled what had been written in Isaiah as he was the one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now, John was not your average start-of-the-common-era dude. His dress and diet made him a bit odd among his contemporaries. As Martin B. Copenhaver points out, John represents a visual reminder of the past in his manner of dress. John's camel hair outfit was several centuries out of fashion, just the kind of clothing worn by the prophet Elijah. The retro clothing and the prophet it recalls are themselves reminder that any movement forward will first require a retrospective look back, both to our own personal histories and to the salvation history of God's people. In order to prepare the way of the Lord, the one crying out is asking us to reflect on where we have been, both personally and communally. It's important that we pause to understand the role that self-reflection and repentance play here. To prepare for the coming of Jesus is to prepare for the way, the truth, and the life. This preparation demands honesty from us. So today, let us consider, what do we need to confess? For what do we need to repent? When have we failed to love our neighbor as ourself? When have we taken more for ourselves? When have we centered ourselves instead of seeing ourselves as one small part of God's expansive and amazing creation? Our confession is ongoing. It's part of our discipleship. The act of repentance forces us to look inward and be honest about what we think, say, and do. It's an intellectual and spiritual act. Repentance reminds us that we are intimately connected to all of our neighbors, both those we know and those we do not know. We are part of a greater community, a greater system of people and resources that are meant to be shared for the benefit of all. 
The paths should be straight so that all have equal access to the bounty around us, to food and water, housing and education, health care and justice. Like the passage at the end of Acts chapter 2, where all who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. So as part of our preparation for the coming of the Lord, for what do we need to repent? If a brown-skinned Jesus were born in Dallas right now to a young carpenter and his betrothed, would the way be made clear for him to grow and thrive? Would the paths before Jesus be straight? The poverty rates in Dallas are higher than the national average, and black people, Hispanic, and Latinx people are disproportionately affected by poverty. From 2016 data, we know that there are clear connections between income and racial segregation in Dallas County. So, how are we now preparing the way for the Son of God to come here? How are we making the paths straight so that there is equitable access to services for the Christ child if he or she were born here in 2020. The one crying out in the wilderness calls us to repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Repentance requires honesty, and it leads us to renewal and reconciliation. Repentance can lead us to straight paths. Let's start by being honest. Let's be honest that like John the baptizer, we are not at the center of the story. Let's be honest that we need the voices and perspectives of all God's children to be at the table with us when we break bread and make decisions. Let's be honest that we have not always made room for others. Let's be honest that we have sometimes left Jesus out. Let's be honest that we cannot keep operating in the same manner we have been. I know that 2020 has been downright hard. We've been reminded how important our connection is as so much has been taken away from us by the coronavirus. But if we're honest, we can't ever go back to the way things were. As hard as it has been, 2020 has also been a great teacher. As our eyes have been opened to the inequality and injustice around us, we can't just go back to the world as we knew it a year ago. True repentance is a turning away from one thing and turning toward something else. We might have to change the way we live, where we shop, who we support. We might have to look in new places 
and listen to new voices to see and hear God's revelation. We are dependent on each other. John the baptizer knew that he did not hold the real power. He was part of the greater story that God was telling. In the end, the focus wasn't going to be on him. But John had attracted people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem. So part of his proclamation was to say, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are coming. John was saying, I am just here to help you get ready. This is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. And in this season of Advent, it is time for us to get ready. I have often said that my own faith journey has been like a series of concentric circles where my understanding of myself and my relationship to God and the world has been slowly revealed as these circles have expanded over time. Thinking about my faith journey and these circles reminds me of a tree and how it grows and experiences life. You'll remember that there are circles inside the trunk of each tree, one circle representing a year in the life of the tree. Trees live into the natural rhythms of life in such a beautiful way. Just this last week, I was looking out our back window at a red oak tree, and I was lamenting that somehow I had missed the point at which all of the leaves were bright red. Now they are mostly brown and beginning to fall off. I'm reminded that last winter, those tree limbs were bare. And then, even in the pandemic of 2020, last spring, the tree grew new green leaves. Over the summer, the tree thrived and provided shade. Then the tree sprouted acorns, which have begun to fall to the ground. Those acorns may lead to new life, they may keep a squirrel alive and going this winter. But as fall comes to a close and we look toward winter, the tree will lose all of its brown leaves that were once red and had been bright green before that. The tree will be bare again with brown sticks for limbs. But the tree, even in its bareness, will be in preparation mode for what comes next, new life. And it will be new life that it will need to nurture on its branches in the spring. I can't help but wonder if this is what repentance does for us. If confessing our sins and turning away from our brokenness helps us to drop all of our dead leaves, Leaves that once were new and gave us life, but whose gifts have been used and are no longer needed. With a retrospective look back, we can release our dead leaves and be ready for forward motion. 
without those dead leaves. We are in preparation mode for what God wants to birth in us next. We are ready for Christ to come into our lives and into our hearts. As God is opening the circle wider and revealing the next circle to us, I wonder what it is that we need to let go of. What is no longer serving us? What has died and is ready to be replaced with new life when the time is right? What is holding you back from being ready to receive the Christ child? How is the one calling out waking you up from your slumber? I know we're not going to fix the injustices and deep issues of inequity, poverty, and racism in Dallas overnight. And we certainly aren't going to do it all by ourselves. But we do have to reach out from our safe, protected bubble to connect with others in our community, with our brothers and sisters on whom we depend, and vice versa. The Reverend Sharon Risher was Amos's guest for a crucial conversation held on November 22nd. If you haven't seen it yet, you can find the full conversation between our senior pastor, Amos DeSasa, and the Reverend Risher on our church website. But these words from the Reverend Risher keep playing over and over again in my head. She said, we can't let our moral compass fall by the wayside because of a life that we tell ourselves we deserve to have. Further, she said, don't just come into the world and do your job and then go back to your bubble. Jesus' ministry was dependent on John the baptizer, the one calling out. We are dependent on each other, and we can't keep retreating to our bubbles. Today, even across time and space, we will meet Christ at the communion table. There, we will find common elements. Elements that across time and space, Christ has prepared the way for you and for me. The path has been made straight for us to meet Christ at the table and to commune with Jesus there. But I think the table is like a boomerang. Each time we come to Christ's table, we are immediately sent back into the world. The table is not a place for us to stay long. The table reminds us that there is more preparation to be done. As humans created by God, we are connected to each other. We depend on each other. And now as Jesus is preparing to enter the world, Jesus is depending on us. Pay attention to all of the ways that you are connected to others these days. Give thanks for each connection, big or small. 
as the voice of the one crying out lingers in our hearts and minds, inviting us to prepare for the greatest connection, the one that will satisfy our deepest longings and greatest yearnings by engaging in the true repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, Amen. Thanks for tuning into our weekly sermon podcast here at First Presbyterian Church of Dallas. 